Welcome to the Red Letters Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss topics that can be life-transforming while delivering a message of hope. This is part two of Being the Light. One other thing, too, I wanted to bring up, too, is that many times we go to church and, and a lot of times people will turn around and look at their relationship with God and their church life as being... You know, if I'm doing good in church, I'm doing good with God. Mm -hmm. And it's a sad thing to say, but I'm going to say it, is that you can be, you can appear to be blessed and gifted in I don't know how many different things. Mm -hmm. And it could even look like you're fruitful, but that does not mean you're right with God. Mm -hmm. And too many times people will think, because I have fruit, I got God's stamp of approval. And that's so far from the truth. That's actually a lie from the enemy because he wants you to get wrapped up into works. Yeah. And that's what religion wants us to do. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I did before we, you know, end up closing up this episode, I really wanted to bring up the, the relationship that we have with church because I believe that that's almost like the, one of the workshops God sets up to help us become godly people mm -hmm. because you're interacting with people, mm -hmm. you know, not just your family and stuff like that. And I'm and I know we have to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Him. So I'm not like belittling that or saying that's a lower on the priority list. But in my in my own walk with God, I've known. I know that I've grown the most in those seasons I've been in church mm -hmm. because you're dealing with people, good, bad, ugly, whatever the case is, and God's is in the center of a lot of that. So I know, and I wanted to bring this up because I brought it up in that message, and it just, I don't know, I heard uh, somebody mention something along these lines, but I kind of didn't believe everything they said because it just sounded a little off. And so I was asking God, God, what do you, how, what, what, how would you convey this? And there was three different kinds of people that I see go to church. And one of them is the ones that go to a hospital. We all start off going to church because we're broken, hurt. We need restoration. We, we're, our life's falling apart. We hit the dead end of our life, it feels like. And we just, there's nowhere to look but up. And, and I know that that's many times why people go to church. I know that's why I went to church. Mm -hmm. But then over the course of time, sometimes people don't really want the relationship with God, but they can turn around and go to church and feel like if I'm in close uh, contact with people that love God, mm -hmm. then uh, maybe I could turn around and get God's stamp of approval that I'm quote-unquote seeking Him. Mm -hmm. And that's so far from the truth because it's all about a one-on-one -on -one relationship. God doesn't need a mediator. You know, Jesus is all that was needed. He don't need a mediator. You know, your, your best friend who goes to church, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, because you're close to them, now you're closer to God. You know, I, re I think I might have mentioned this before. I had a close friend of mine that he would always come for counseling and, and between me and a couple other brothers, and then he'd... I turned around and told him one day, I said, you know what, quit, quit making me your God. You need to go to God yourself. And he got mad for a while, didn't talk to me for a little bit. But now he, I think it was less than a month ago, we're kind of distant because he lives in Arizona. But he turned around and wrote me this long old text on how much he respects how I've always treated him. And, and it was because I turned around and said, you know, quit making me your God. You don't want to go to God for your own answers in these rural, you know, 
important decisions of your life, you want me to give you the answer or the other two brothers? Don't do that. Don't make me carry the weight of God for you. You need to seek him. So, um, some, and, and some people will go to church just to get that fix. So I think it's important to realize don't play games with God. Right. I don't care if you've quote unquote went to church 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. You could, it doesn't matter. It could, 50 years, you could still be playing games with God. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. You're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing those around you who think you have a relationship with God when you're just really good at doing the church life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other one was that some people will go to church because they love the family environment. And that's amazing. We all need that. But some people will stop there and feel like, I just want to be in good relationships, good, healthy relationship, good people around me. But you're not willing to be responsible. And you don't want to make the commitment to turn around and, and do life together. You just want the, the, I guess, constant encouragement, if you will. And that's not a healthy place to be at all. When we realize a third person that wants to go to church because God is actively working and speaking to them in their lives, that's what church is supposed to be about. Where you, I mean, you go to church and God, I'm tearing open my heart right now and I want to have a relationship with you and I need you to speak to me today. I came to give you worship because of all that you've done for me. I want God to know you one-on-one -on -one, and I need you right now more than ever just because I know how valuable you are in my life and in my family's life. And God, I just ask you to pour into me today. Fill the cup of my life with your presence. And, and we treat church that way. That's when I think you actually get the most out of quote unquote going to attending church, if you will. Right. And um, Tony, I wanted to also talk because we talked a lot, uh, talked a lot about the new believer, but it was the, I wanted to also touch on why are you not being the light? Cause you mentioned that why, and that really stood out to me. And this is, I believe that a lot of people have been serving or going to church, like you said, for many years, 20 plus years, 10 plus years, we become complacent and we don't even realize it. So we're just showing up to show up, but we've lost that connection or that that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter that you show up if there's no relationship there. Mm -hmm. So if we're not being the light, this is why you're not being the light. You feel that you have all the benefits of God, of being uh, in a relationship with him just because you're showing up. And I've, I've seen this and I hate to say that I've seen it, but I have seen it. And it's like, wow, where is your fruit? Like where, you know, when people, the way people, certain people talk and it's like, and, and they carry themselves and you just sit back and you're like, okay, but did they miss it? And how did they not, where, where was that point where that relationship with God died off or they stopped seeking it? Is it just because like, well, I'm here at church already. Like I'm already doing what I have to do. I'm serving, I'm doing all these things, but that relationship seized somewhere along the line. And like, I don't think a lot of them see that. I don't know. I think sometimes too, because there's, I think when you first give your life to God, mm -hmm. you have this hunger and this desire, you want to know more, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to say part of it, I blame the church and part of it, I blame the individual because one, it starts on our part. We receive Christ, right? And we want to draw closer to him, right? And as we draw closer to him, he draws closer to us. Right. But I think too, it's just a lot of people that come to God aren't pretty much discipled mm -hmm. into maybe let's say what does that look like right, right? for me like being we we're talking about being the light of the world but for an individual well that's hungry 
and that wants to know more, what does that look like for them, right? Because it's easy to tell somebody, go read your Bible, you know, but half the time most people say, I don't understand what I'm reading, right? Give me some kind of structure, some path, right? And sometimes with churches out there, a lot of them have their criteria. Okay, you know what, we're going to, some on prosperity, some on others, but really preaching always on prosperity isn't going to get you any closer to God. It's not going to draw you to want to come to God, right? Maybe give more, but it's not going to get you into an intimate relationship with God, right? With Jesus. And it's all about that intimacy, that one-on-one relationship, because I think it's getting people from a place of, of once they know, you know, come encounter with God, okay, what does that look like now the next step? And from there, what's the next step? And we don't teach them that, right? Or we don't share with them what that looks like. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of, we can't completely, like, I'm glad you said it's both people, because people can join, like, the home groups, like, because in a sermon, it's a 30, 45 minute sermon, and you're only going to learn so much, but if you're really seeking, then join a home group, because at a home group, there's more of a dialogue, and you can sit there and have those deep conversations, like, if you didn't understand, that's, this is why we're having this, uh, this conversation today because it was such a powerful sermon on Wednesday. It's like, wait, we can expand on that because I think people need to know. It's like, if you're not doing, if you're not being the light, why? Why aren't you not being the light? And how is it? And, but I think a lot of people don't know what that looks like. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I don't want to be a flickering light. I want to know that I'm constantly on. I'm, I, I want to know that, but how do I do that? So for our listener, this is this is how it starts. This is how we do it. So and, and I think we didn't talk much on it, but maybe next time we'll talk more about abiding in Him. Because I think that when we learn to abide in Him and Him and us, that's everything, right? Like the icing on the cake, right? Learning to what does that look like? So I think next time when we have more time, we can share on that. Well, I think here's here, this just came to my mind and it's probably not theologically correct. So I know that going into this, what I'm about to say, but it's just a sobering thought. Somebody's, let's just say there's somebody going through the motions of going to church. They're crossing the T's and dotting their I's or doing everything they're supposed to be doing, but they don't realize they're just going through the mechanics of going to church. Mm-hmm. They're just going through the function of it. Now, those that are close to that person, let's just say it's, I'll just throw a name, Bob. Okay. Bob is going through all of the emotions. I mean, all the emotions of, you know, the church life. How tore up would he feel emotionally with his wife, his kids, people he works with, all those that look up to him and respect him at church, if they got to heaven and look around and Bob ain't there. He turned around, he did it. Wait, where's Bob? He he was, you know, he was like the servant of the year at church. Man, this guy preached phenomenal. This guy, man, when he would share the Bible, it was like God speaking to me. But he did not maintain that relationship with God. And I think that's such a tormenting thought that if we would actually think about that once in a while, it would help you stay on track. Because imagine how humiliating you would feel if you were Bob. And those people came up and they had the opportunity. That's why I'm saying I know it's not theologically correct. But let's just say they did. Bob stepped in the room and you had a, that last time to talk to him after you made it to heaven and he didn't. I don't even think Bob would have a word to say to you. He would just begin bawling because he didn't walk out everything he poured out to other people. 
And I think that there's many people like that in the church world that they're not paying attention to their walk with God. They lost sight of it because everything looks so good. They're blessed. They got their home. They got their nice car. They got the beautiful family. The grandkids are, you know, multiplying. They go to Disneyland every year. They take a family vacation twice a year. But they don't have God in their life. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is probably the most, uh, that's probably the greatest horror movie that could ever take place. And that's you thinking and assuming and, hey, I checked off the checklist and I'm, I got everything good, but you're disconnected from God. You said uh, when we get to heaven and you get, you're there and you see that you don't see Bob, but what if, and I'm going to pose a question, if you're here on earth right now and you do know a Bob, see, it's really hard to talk to people because everybody's on the offense. We're living in a society right now where you can't tell anybody anything. Hey, look, uh, the way you said that, I think this would have been better. Oh, excuse me. You don't tell me what to do. You know, we're living in that world right now. So how do you talk to a Bob? I, I think the easiest way to talk to Bob would be, and I, I know it's going to sound kind of generic at first, but if you turn around and say, how's your walk with God? Mm-hmm. How is your prayer life? I'm not saying like rattle off all these questions and don't give him right. time to answer, mm-hmm. but I'm saying a heartfelt, hey, Bob, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm doing good. No, no, no. I'm asking like, how are you really doing? We don't take time for that. We don't We don't question people in their prayer life. We don't ask anybody how their, their Bible reading is doing. We don't ask people, are you and God good today? Mm-hmm. And I say that because I had to ask a relative of mine in the last 24 hours that said that they're, they're tight with God. And I believe they are, but they had an episode that took place and they didn't remember why they were talking the way they were because of this little thing that took place. And I had to ask them. I know you talk about God, but I'm going to ask you right now because I love you. Mm-hmm. How are you and God doing? And I had to ask the question, but it wasn't the point the finger kind of way. It was more like a concern that, hey, I hope you're good. I hope you're actually walking out what you say. And if not, how could I help? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that if you could pull back the layers of somebody yeah that don't want to hear a typical conversation like that, like Bob, then I think that, one, you have to be have enough love and concern for a person to be willing to pose the question mm-hmm. and to sit back and be willing to be all ears and hear what they have to say. And then how could I help you? Is there anything I could do? I know it's you and God. I know that that relationship has to be on the, the, the highest priority, but is there anything I could do besides pray for you? And if we did that, I think the church world would change overnight. But nobody wants to do that. Yeah, but but there's a difference between a stranger asking Bob how he's doing and a friend. And so I think if we're always used to confronting people in church Mm -hmm. without actually having a relationship to back it up, that's where we fail. Because then you see those people... They'll they'll see like oh yeah I reached out to to Bob oh last week yeah I was checking on him he said he's good he didn't seem great but you know I'm just gonna pray for him and I told him I'm gonna pray for him but then the next week Bob takes his life mm-hmm. and deep down we're gonna be quick to say okay well Bob knew Bob had relationship with God Bob came to church he was a, he was a bomb leader but then I would personally I would also look to the people around him exactly, yeah. his people who are leading beside him. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't notice, I would even question that person's walk with God. Because just like how you're talking about fruit, Mm -hmm. the perfect picture that the Lord showed me is like, there's, when you go camping, there's different bushes with different berries. Mm -hmm. 
If you eat the wrong bush from the wrong bush, you'll die. The poison. You have to know through the power of the Holy Spirit what fruit is good. And if everyone keeps walking around without really good at getting deep with God, Mm -hmm. they'll never be able to call out fruit that's actually poison. And that's what concerns me in church because there's a lot of times where I was doing the worst and people come up to me like, man, I love how you're so on fire for God. And I'm like, you don't even know that I'm dying inside. But it wasn't until people that I knew called it out and said, hey, you know, I've noticed you haven't been okay. What's going on? But the people who I was serving with on a regular, like two, three times a week, they didn't even see it. And I'm not saying anything bad about them. But if I was in heaven and I saw that Bob didn't make it, I would feel like, God, I missed an opportunity. And that soul is just like how the Lord says, I'll leave the the 99 for the one. Mm -hmm. I would feel the weight of like, man, Lord, I... I could have done so much more. I could have taken Bob out to coffee. I could have went to his door and said, hey, I want to I want to hang out with you. Let's go have a conversation. Mm-hmm. I could have done so much more mm-hmm. for Bob, but I, I didn't because I was more comfortable with just, hi, Bob. Bye, Bob. You good, Bob? Okay, cool. Thanks, Bob. But I think it, it's, it, there's, it needs to be an intentionality yeah. in church for relationships yeah. because if we don't pursue those people, you may, you may never see them again. They might take their life the next day because they feel like no one loves me. And so I think it's both. It, it can be the church, but really it's the body because the body is the church. And then, of course, it is that person. But I think the people around you can affect you more than maybe people even give credit. And I think that's, for, that's why intentional, that word intentional. God put that in my heart for this year for, or for, for 2024. He put intentional, be intentional with everybody and everything that you do. You know, this year we need to be intentional with each other, you know, more than ever, because I think that as a church in general, and I'm not just saying our church, I'm saying as the body, the whole entire church, right? The whole body right now, a lot of it's toxic. A lot of it is we're not even in any place right now to even go out into the harvest, you know what I mean? In, even when he says, oh, the harvest is ripe, it's plentiful, right? Mm-hmm. But we're not even healthy ourselves mentally, emotionally. I mean, there's just too much of this stuff going on, you know, physically and spiritually that I think we now need to be more intentional with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and open and really just and helping people let them see what that looks like having an intimate relationship with Jesus and seeing through the life through the eyes of Jesus and not through the eyes of men and not through the eyes of religion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the more intense and or the more intimate we are with God, we'll be able to see those people. Yeah. But if we're lingering and we're just on cruise control and just um, okay with surface relationships, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to make impact. And like you mentioned, Jesus turns around and leaves the 99 for the one. Mm-hmm. Many times we think the one's outside the walls, and there are, but there's many ones inside the church. And, and, and I think sometimes we turn a blind eye to that, kind of like what you're saying. But one of the things that I've noticed just spending time with people lately on one-on-one conversations, and it's something I keep on hearing, and I just keep hearing what God's telling me, is that too many times we appear to be busy. And because we're quote-unquote so busy, you're no longer approachable. People don't want to 
knock on your door and see if you have any time to spend with them because all they see is, or not see, but they hear you, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And I keep on hearing it. Like almost the last few conversations I had with different people, different times, different ages. And they're, they're like, you know what? Um, I know you're busy. And I said, you know what? You'll never, t- you'll never hear. F- and this is what God laid on my heart. And then I'm just speaking for me. As I said, you know what? And I've said this in the last three conversations I had with the last three people. You'll never hear me say I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. Because once I'm too busy for you, I'm no longer good to the body of Christ. Right. So you'll never hear that I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. Because once I do, I'm projecting to you that I ain't got time for you. And we don't talk about that, but we don't pay attention to the things we say. We say so many things mm-hmm. through our words and project a certain persona, if you will, because of how we choose to lay out our language. Yeah. And because we do that, there's so many people just sitting at the window watching you do life. And they're just like, man, if only I could get in there. Mm-hmm. Only if this person could, st- I, I just need a word. I just need somebody to speak life into me. I'm out here drowning. It's cold out here. Mm-hmm. But will somebody give me the time of day? Because everyone's busy. Oh, man, this church is so big and beautiful, but nobody will give me the time. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, just give me 30 minutes, please. I yeah. beg of you. Mm-hmm. We got beggars in church, but we don't see it because we're so blind. We think, ah, I'm good, but not everybody else is. Yes, and thank you for that, Tony, because the last... um on last Sunday and then Wednesday when you you got when Pastor Mario preached and then you did, the reason I wanted to do this is because I'm gonna say it and I know it's gonna sound bad, but I think in church a lot of us have started faking it. And God doesn't need that anymore. God does not, He never needed that. He doesn't want that. Because, like you said, there's so many people that are hurting. They're hurting and we're supposed to be the light. We're supposed to be equipped. Why are you going to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, doing all these groups and you have no light to give to anybody else? It doesn't make any sense to me. So I think God is getting tired. Like I really believe he's getting tired. It's like, I'm done with all the fakeness. We are becoming a world of Pharisees. We are walking around, pointing our noses up at other people because, ooh, look at the way they look. Ooh, look at the way they talk. When I see this in the church, when people roll their eyes at somebody else speaking, it does something to me. And I'm like, what is happening to us? Why? And and I strongly believe this is why people stay out of the church because my life's already messed up out here. Why am I going to go when people like that, we, we weren't supposed to, we weren't called to be that. We were called to be different than the world, but we're allowing the world to taint us and we're becoming like it instead of, a, instead of it being the other way around. So I think these messages that have been preached are so important but i think also that the way the fact that we talk about them afterwards is something that's going to move the heart and i'm not talking to the unbeliever because i mean okay i can't say anything to them because they don't believe already but if you could take a chance on yourself and take a chance on god and you would see what we're talking about because you would have the peace of god but for the one who has been serving and you have been called you know that there um i believe that this is in the bible that god says that i will 
he holds you up to a different standard, the believer, because we're there, we're being filled with the word, and yet we're acting as if we don't have the word in us. So, and I don't think that God looks very lightly to us that are not being those people that he called us to be the light. So I think with this message and the messages that are going to continue to be preached, that we need to take our place. Like we truly, the people who are serving truly need to take our place and quit playing fake. Yeah. If you think about it, the best and most experienced actors Mm -hmm. live in the church. If you think about it. Like nah. you can find a lot of them that are Grammy nominees, man. Grammy wow. winners mm-hmm. of, I don't even know, Grammys is music, no, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oscars. Yeah. You have Oscar award-winning actors in the church who can play really good. Like, I'm great. I'm doing perfect. Mm-hmm. And a picture that just came to mind is I just, I saw the church and I just saw a bunch of candles, but no flames. Mm-hmm. And I think that's. That's the scary, that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. It's because you have a lot of, and we hear, and I think what's hard is that we, we come to church and we hear, you know, don't be the light of the light. But then it's like, Lord, give us eyes to see mm-hmm. how many people aren't even lit up in the church. Right. How many candlesticks we have walking by that aren't actually burning. And that's something that I, the picture that the Lord just gave me right now, where it's like, if you, and I, the Lord's talking to me, if, if you're a flame, if you're burning for me, all you should be doing is lighting up these other candles. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then that just shows me that my flame has gone dim. Yeah. And maybe maybe you're listening and you think, I'm burning for God. Are those around you burning? Yeah. Because if there's a flame in the middle and, you, and you're surrounded by candles and wicks, they should be lighting on fire too. Yeah. And if they're not, then that should tell you maybe my fruit isn't as good as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But that's, and that's, and it's sad because it's the church. And that's why I think me personally, my heart breaks for people outside the church, 100%. I'm, every time I'm out, I'm like, Lord, what can I do? But it's in the church that people honestly need Jesus sometimes the most. But we just have to have eyes to see them. Yeah. And as you guys were talking, I almost felt like God saying, Mardi Gras hit the church. Mm-hmm. It's a masquerade party. Mm-hmm. It's a masquerade. Everybody's hiding behind their mask. And in no way are we trying to say that there's no healthy churches. Mm-hmm. We're just speaking about the church world as a whole. And if you want to turn around and see if your light is bright, um, being bright and, and affecting people, how many people have come to you and wanted to talk to you? Mm-hmm. How many people are approaching you because they see there's something different about you? How many times are people wanting to come close to you because they see the light on? Think about it. If it was we had a blackout where the electricity is out for 30, 30 days, a week even, mm-hmm. and, and you needed to function and you had to go to your neighbor's house because you see a light on in the window. Mm-hmm. You know, you, how many people are, are coming to us? It's important, not, not because they, it, it's not because they're coming to you because you have the bomb personality. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that they actually see a reflection of God in you. Mm -hmm. At some degree, they see God at work in your life, and they want to participate. They want to be a part of it. And that's something that I feel that God's been kind of showing me, that if your light's on, it will attract Mm -hmm. people. Uh, For that fact, a camp attracts moths. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it attracts something, even if it's a moth. But what are we attracting? 
what are what 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 is there people that want to come by because the they they could get it warms their soul to be in your presence because they see God in you it's not you don't get it twisted it's not us it's God in us and because of that, they, they turn around and they're like, there's something different here. Oh, I just want to park here and just know I'm okay for a minute so I can get back out there and at least I can breathe again. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that not so much, because that's the opposite of pe pleasing people. Right. Pleasing people is because you got the charisma, you got the words, you got the swag, if you want, whatever you want to call that to draw people. Oh, I want to be, oh, yeah, I like how you, I like what you're driving. I like where you live. That's not far from what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you're just yourself, you're content because you know God and people are like, hey, um, can I come in? And have a conversation with you. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's, you know, let's, let's grab a bite to eat. I just, I just need to know that I'm going to be okay. I, I need somebody that, that I could kind of rub elbows with until I could get back there and start functioning again and be who I used to be, if that's the case. You know, because there's so many people that I know that the fire was lit. It was so bright and it just went out. And... And Paul was talking about that where he said, fan the flames. Mm -hmm. There's embers there in people. There, there's, you can see that little smoke still uh, coming from that fire. You don't see the flames, but there's some embers there that if you could just, you're going to be okay. You know what? Let, let's the next few days, let's pray on the phone together. Let's, you know, if the next once a week for the next month, let's just spend some time together. Mm -hmm. And you fan the flame and then they start, you start seeing the flickering of the flame and you start seeing them, those uh, flames start to ignite. And then all of a sudden, <sighs> there's one person I was working with recently that all of a sudden I saw the, the embers come back in the person. And now, they're turning around in one of the last home groups we had here, me and this brother were sharing with this other brother. And when he, the, the brother that was uh, needing that, that, that reflaming, if you will, um, I told him after, because he was one of the last ones to leave. I said, you know what? A month ago, this wasn't the case. But I'm just so proud of you because it was so awesome to tag team with you and to speak life into somebody else. Oh, my God, that warmed me up inside. I'm like, yes, this is what it's all about. So in wrapping up, I'm going to go ahead and um, just share a quick little one-minute story. A few years ago, I was at a baseball game, um, and it fits with what we're talking about today. My son was still playing baseball. And when I say a few years ago, he's 16, 17 now, so it was like a long time ago. And as I'm standing there, we're watching the game, and something happened behind us. Everyone is staring at the game. Everybody's cheering, talking. And in the distance, you hear, help, help. It's a child. He had fallen between two walls, and he was stuck there. But I can honestly tell you, I don't know how long that child was ye yelling until somebody came. And when that per that other child came, like, help, you got to help him. And everyone in the stands turns around and looks back like, oh, how long has he been stuck? How long has it been in your church where somebody's crying for help and we're just not paying attention? We're so involved with what's going on in our lives, outside our lives, that we don't hear the cries of somebody and they're right there next to us. Mm -hmm. But we've tuned out the help because we're so self-absorbed and self-involved mm -hmm. that we're not listening to that help anymore. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you today, log in, listen to our podcast, listen to the sermons because they are online and be that light that God has called you to be. Do not be there and say that, that person's been crying for 10 years, that person's been crying for five days, 
two minutes is too long. Go and reach mm-hmm. out to somebody. Be that light that God has called you to be. And if you don't know how to be that light, join a church. Join, like I said, you can come online, frc.com, uh, and you can listen to the sermons, and we will be there available. And then we also have today our on our Instagram, if you go to our Instagram, there's a tree link. And then you can go on there and there we can pray for you. You can reach out to us. There's ways to get connected if you're really willing and wanting to. The The options are there. So we yeah. thank you for listening. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, before we end, can we just... Pray. Yeah, let's pray. You want to go ahead? I just said, I don't believe a topic like this should end without praying. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening... And you can relate to any, anything that's been said. I just want you to come into agreement with us as we pray. Lord, you know our hearts. You know, Lord, you see the flames, you see the embers, Lord. And Lord, right now I ask that you would fan the flame. Holy Spirit, that you would fan the flame in your church, Lord, in your house, and the people that are hungry, Lord, that are starving, that are desperate for something for you, Lord. I pray that you would fan the flame, that you would ignite us again, Lord, with a heart that burns for you. And Lord, I pray for those, Lord, that are serving in churches, Lord, that you would open our eyes, Lord. You would open our eyes to see those that are hurting, Lord, those that are wandering astray, those that are walking away, Lord, that we would be quick to turn to turn our gaze from all these other things that aren't as important, Lord, and look to the one as you would, Lord. And so, Lord, if there's someone listening, Lord, and they're, they're broken, Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength to, to call out for help that you would put people in their circle, Lord, that would draw close to them, Lord, that would help them, Lord, in this time of need. And Lord, we just ask that you would burn in your church again, Lord, that the flames, Lord, of your spirit would burn in every church, Lord, in every house, in every gathering, in every congregation, in every home group, Lord, every every Bible study, Lord, that your flame would burn, Lord, that it would cause an eruption, Lord, a bomb, Lord, to burst within those houses, Lord, within those meetings. That when they leave, Lord, everyone around them would feel the flame. Everyone around them would feel the heat of your presence. Lord, we need you in this hour. We need you in this day. We need you in your churches and your bride. So we love you, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for every listener. We thank you for every heart, Lord. And we know that you hear us and that you see us, Lord, that we're never alone. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.